You're listening to Seahawks Rewind, giving you expert analysis from the Seahawks postgame show with former Seahawks Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, and Robert Turbin. Hear from head coach Pete Carroll and Seahawks players in the locker room. Now, here's your host, Michael Bumpus. Tough loss for the Seattle Seahawks down in Los Angeles. They lose 20-10 to against the Rams. Russell Wilson, 17-31, of 31, 156 yards, one interception late in the game trying to make a play. DJ Dallas had eight carries for 41 yards. Rashad Penny, 11 for 39. Couldn't really get the run game going. Gerald Everett led all receivers with four receptions and 60 yards. DK right behind him, six for 52. Jordan Brooks, double-digit day when it comes to tackles. He has 11 tackles. Quandre Diggs did record his fifth interception of the year. That is tied for his career high. Offensively, it was a tough day for the Seahawks. Three for 11 on third downs for the Rams. They were six for 12. Time of possession, 24 minutes, 235 minutes. Man, we got a lot to talk about. But before we do, let's pause 10 seconds to give our network stations a chance to identify themselves here on the Seattle Seahawks radio network. Seattle Sports Station. 710 ESPN Seattle. More Seahawks. More Mariners. More everything Seattle Sports. KIRO AM Seattle. All right, when we return, we're going to bring in Big Ray and Robert Turbin. Also, we're going to talk to Steve Rabel. Jen Mueller has some interviews down in the locker room. Going to hear from head coach Pete Carroll and players as they step up to the podium. All that is next on the Seahawks radio network. Welcome to the Seahawks postgame show. I'm Michael Bumpus along with Ray Roberts, Robert Turbin, and Paul Moyer. The Seahawks lose to the Rams 20-10 to down in Los Angeles, making the playoffs not look too good right now. Right now we're going to bring in the voice of the Seattle Seahawks, Steve Rabel. And Rabel, man, I, I watched this game, and this one hurts more than most because you really felt like these guys had a chance. You're 3-3. Three and three, Going into the halftime, seven give a you score a touchdown in the second half. The Rams score a touchdown in the second half, and in the fourth quarter, just uh, miss some opportunities there to really kind of take the lead and establish yourself. Yeah, I thought the offense bump could, was going to play better than they played tonight. You watch them kind of against the 49ers. They really got well against Houston uh, a week and a half ago now. Just couldn't really establish the run. I mean, it, it was okay. Ran for, what, 80 yards, 80-plus yards. So it was all right, but you know you really needed to sustain something on the ground, and you knew without Tyler Lockett that other guys were going to have to step up. And you start looking at everybody else. Basically, after Medcalf, it was uh, Everett with four catches for 60 yards. Uh, that those were the guys who were the receivers. You know, you needed Freddie Swain had one big catch. You needed to get the ball to Eskridge to try to make some plays with his legs, but couldn't do that very well. The Rams had a pretty good game plan. And they just kind of swallowed up the receivers at times. There was nobody open. And uh, so Russ obviously got hit more than he wanted to, had to throw the ball away a couple times or throw it up for grabs. I just, again, the offense just didn't play as well as they could have and didn't throw in there all those penalties as well, some against the defense, some against the offense. Yeah, Ray, with some very timely penalties in there. I look at oh. the Rams score 20 points. Hawks give up 20.2 points per game, so they stayed true to what they do defensively. You mentioned offensively, man. It was just really tough. Three for 11 on third down once again. Couldn't really get DK involved. Gerald Everett was your leading receiver. What do you think it was that stopped this offense from really getting in sync? Well, there were a number of third downs. I mean, they, you know, they, they start with the run. Eight yards, seven yards on first down. Go back to the run, first down. Now you start, you miss on your next first down pass, and you're looking at second and 10. Now what do you do? Do you run the ball? Okay, you want to mix it up. You run, they stop you. Now it's third down and 10. 
That's why we don't convert third downs when you're behind the sticks like that. So, uh, you know, I'm not saying it's play calling, but, you know, the execution is, uh, in my estimation, you keep running at them until they take it away from you. Now, you know, I, I get you. You can't do that the whole time. And especially with just a couple of running backs uh, on the field for you uh, in DJ Dallas and, and in, uh, in Penny. But I think that was the biggest thing. They just couldn't run the ball enough to sustain anything and convert third downs. Also, you, you just can't have penalties on the defense in crucial third down situations that let them off the hook. At least three that I can remember where the Seahawks had opportunities to stop the Rams. They did stop them to get off the field. But either an interference call or some other call uh, ends up uh, converting for the, the, the Rams and giving them another opportunity. You just can't do that. Rabel, are you as upset as I am about the no pass interference call to DJ Dallas? I, I, Dave, if as Dave Wyman said, if there was a, a ball in here, uh, he would have kicked it just as as uh, uh, DJ Dallas did. Uh, no excuse for that, obviously, but you can understand why he was so upset. And I've looked at now the replay nine ways to Sunday uh, and looked at still pictures of it, and there's no question. There, it's interference. The closest thing I can think was the interference call that happened in the Saints game against these very same Rams, the playoff game that wasn't called and went in favor of the Rams at that time, too. How about that, that that happens those ways? So, you know, but you can't blame it on the officials. You can't let it come down to the officials, Bump. You have to take the game by the throat and win this thing, especially against somebody in their home stadium, a division foe that you know very well. you got to go out and beat them. You can't hope for the call here or there. I agree, Rabel. McVay improves to 8-3 and three against the Seattle Seahawks. And like usual, man, you get home safely. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, Bob. All right, that was Steve Rabel, the voice of the Seahawks. Lots to do when we return. We're going to break down this loss and tell you guys what it means for the Seattle Seahawks. All that is next. Hawks lose in L.A. 20-10. Welcome back to the Seahawks post-game show. Hawks lose in L.A. 20-10 and drop to 5-9. and nine. The playoffs aren't looking great for these guys. I'm here with... Ray Roberts, Robert Turbin, and Paul Moyer. And uh, tough game, fellas. First half, we're feeling good. Offense isn't really moving, but defense is keeping them in the game. Third quarter comes out. They trade a pair of touchdowns. Then the fourth quarter happens, and you slowly kind of see this offense slow down. Now, this defense gave up 20 points. That's exactly what they averaged, 20.2 points per game. They did exactly what they were supposed to do against the Rams defense. Just tough for this offense to get going. DJ Dallas, eight carries for 41 yards. Rashad Penny, 11 for 39. Um, throwing the football. Couldn't really get DK loose. He had 12 targets, but only six receptions for 52 yards. Joe Everett led the charge there. Four for 60. Common theme, third downs, three for 11 on third downs. Uh, if you're not a good third down offense, I don't think you're going to be a very good offense. And that's been a struggle for the Seattle Seahawks. There were some suspect calls during this game, um, especially late. That uh, false start against Rashad Penny where it seemed like he could have coughed and just wiggled his knee a little bit, and they and they call that there. The no call against DJ Dallas. Um, I forgot who that was covering him. He was clearly early, locked his hands down. Um, it, was just, it was tough, man. But like the old saying goes, you can't leave it to the referees. But the referees definitely had an impact in this game, Turbo. Yeah, I don't think we left anything to the referees. And I want to go back to something Robert Quinn said after the Bears played. Yesterday, I mean, you know, he just felt like, man, these referees, it just feels like they're controlling the game. It just feels like they're completely controlling the game. And 
and they're not always, you know, they're just not consistent with how they're calling the game. You know, it's almost off of just pure, you know, feel on that play, you know, however they're feeling right then and there. You know, they're going to they're gonna make a call or they're not going to make a call. And it affects the game, especially where you're talking about crucial third downs, getting off the field for our defense. I mean, Bless Austin wasn't holding Coop on that. I mean, his, I mean, his hands are literally open, you know? And because Coop loses his footing, it looks like it's a, you know, maybe it looks like from whatever his angle is, it's, it, it's a grab. But, you know, it, it it's tough, man. It's You know, you can't play to put it all on the refs. Obviously, we didn't execute uh, on offense at a, at a very high level today. You mentioned the third down percentages. And, you know, we talked about that in the pregame show, man. You know, the, our defense giving up a lot of yards. And, man, you know, offense isn't helping. <laughs> They're always on the field. They're always on the field, and, you know, that's why they give up a lot of yards. But, I mean, defense overall, man, you know, aside from the penalties that, that were, you know, obviously questionable, they held their own, you know, staying around that 20-point mark, uh, keeping keeping the Rams out of the end zone, which we know is an explosive offense. Cooper Cup did his thing, uh, but we just weren't able to he- execute on a high level offensively. You know, they always say, you know, there's five big plays a game. You know, we've all heard it. you got to win the majority of those. You don't really count the refs in those. You know, you're not thinking that they're going to do it. Now, look, here's what I will say. Teams that are five and nine, we start pointing at the refs, right? I mean, if Russ throws well to DK, that, that plays a huge play. I mean, he's got him by five yards. And even the last play, the linebacker Jones, which he did interview, no question on DJ Dallas, He's wide open. If Russ makes a good throw, he catches that down. You know, he probably gets inside the 20-yard line. But it's the penalties that that are so critical when we have a 10-yard run and they call one on Damian Lewis when he first he, – he had his hands outside. To me, he didn't really even grab him. And at the point of contact or the play at, at – I guess it would be point of contact. He wasn't holding at all. It's, I, I struggled with that. There were so many questionable calls – that didn't go our way on crucial plays. And that's what is tough. But when you're a struggling football team like we are, offensively, you're just you, you gotta be so perfect for us. It was weird. I'm looking at the stats right now. I didn't think we played that bad offensively. The third downs are brutal. I mean, we you've got to convert or you know, a good drive just goes away. I thought we ran the ball pretty well. I would like to have seen us run more. I thought the read option was there. We never once had Russ pull it, and, and I would have liked to have him pull it from the running back just to make it be so the guys aren't coming down the line, give the running backs a few more opportunities. Um, I thought th- I thought that was there. I, you know, Russ took the one sack uh, at the end of the game. I, he's got Penny right in the flat on first down. We can't take sacks on first down, particularly when it was pretty good protection initially. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, again, we're we're going to start looking at all the little things of why we lost. And what it really comes down to me is, look, two throws. He throws the one to DK when he's wide open and he hits Dallas there. We we probably win and get one or two calls just to go our way. I, do you remember the first one where um, we, we got uh, the pass interference by um, – actually, I can't remember who – I think it was Blessed Austin. Kind of had him on the side. Do you remember the one where uh, Ramsey undercut DK? He grabbed him by the waist. He did the exact same thing, and we don't get the call. Right. And so it's really frustrating. We exactly. need those calls to win. Yeah, I, I would say, too, like, you know, even with the running game, uh, those there were two penalties on Damian Lewis where uh, Penny had picked up anywhere between 8 and 10 yards. Mm-hmm. You know, and so then all of a sudden, instead of second and short, you're at first and 20. 
you know, and so that kind of takes the rhythm out of the out of the running game, and uh, and because the running game was there for Penny to get his sixty to eighty yards, and that would have made a huge difference in the game, just in in the flow of the game, but because of some of those penalties, you know, putting you behind the chains, uh, or you know, even when we you throw it on first down, throw it on second down, now you're third and ten, like you're not going to run the ball in those situations. So, uh, but I would agree with Paul too, like the. Considering the front that the problems that this front has given this team in the past, they played it pretty freaking good. Like there was a lot of times where Russell was standing back there and couldn't find anyone to throw the ball to and just had to throw it out. That hasn't happened a whole lot between this team and that team, not with that defensive front. And then a couple of those sacks, I think, were on Russell. I think it ended up being sacked four times, and I think a couple of those were probably on Russ from just holding the ball and not, you know, not getting it out of his hand. Which you know, I'm sure he's trying to make a play and all that kind of stuff, but. Um, but I, I think if the if those those penalties on defense and then even the you know those some of those in the run game those couple in the run game really kind of kept Seattle from really you know getting to the place where they wanted to be execution wise on both sides. I look at that offensive line and the point you just brought up. Russell's back there patting the ball oh, a yeah. couple times. Now I got to wait and see what the all twenty two looks like. Right? We know this secondary is a good secondary with these Rams. You got Ramsey, you got Taylor Rapp over there. But I'm going to cut myself off. We got Pete Carroll at the podium now. Yeah, Pete, obviously a tough one the way that ended. Just what was your message to the team coming out of this? Yeah, we played really hard tonight, and we were on it and uh, had a chance to, to play with these guys throughout, and there were some opportunities in there that we needed to go the other way, and they didn't for one reason or another. And, and uh, um, there's a couple plays we could have made. We made a big mistake in the running game, gave them that big play on the scoring drive, just just made a mistake on the, on the uh, alignment and gave it to them. Uh, you know, we played the run great all night long, rushed the passer tonight, kind of kept them, we felt like we kind of kept them under wraps, and, uh, but um, we needed to score again and get, get ahead. I thought the response right before half and, and starting the third quarter was exactly what we needed to get rolling, and, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, that, that next drive that they got, uh, we, didn't, we didn't get the job done, and, uh, but it still tends, you know, and, and so it's, it's, it's a really good football game, um, and, you know, so on a Tuesday night. Curtis? Yeah, Pete, what, what did you see from your offense just in general, the, the slow start for you guys, and, and where, where did things kind of fall short for you to get rolling on that side of the ball tonight? Yeah, we, we just didn't, you know. We just didn't get going. And, and, and uh, you know, the, the defense stayed out, you know, had some drives that we that we hung on into and, and got off the field and all that. Offense needed to make their conversions and get going. We were one for five on third downs in the first half. That's not enough to get to get it rolling, and uh, that we, we never got started. So um, it was great to see that you know we jumped right at the end of the half and then and then jumped back again. Had a really good physical drive running the football and mixing and all that. Everything was just right, and uh, we needed to just finish. It was a close game the whole night. We just needed one more drive, and and uh, unfortunately we couldn't couldn't generate it. Michael Sean. Uh, hey Pete, considering you know the very, very, very slim odds at this point of you guys rallying to the postseason, what's left for you guys? What are you, what are you still fighting and playing for this late? Like we're playing for each other. We're playing for the, for the cause of of you know, loving this game and loving the the, the guys that, that are in the locker room with us and and playing for one another. And we've, the relationships that you build during the course of a season like this are, are you know unforgettable, and they they connect you so that you keep battling because that's what that's what it is. It's what it feels like. Um, I mean, you saw how hard we played tonight. Um, there was there, there's nothing but guys fighting for one another, and so that's what we'll do um, wherever we're.
playing whoever we're playing whenever it happens. And it don't matter if it's Tuesday night or Sunday or whatever. You know, we're going to go ahead and go. And uh, we're going to overcome the issues and, and get back to playing and, and focus on the things that make us, make us have a chance. And by practicing well and studying hard and caring and, and, uh, and loving this game. And we'll, we're going to do everything we can to get every single drop out of it we, uh, as we go down the stretch here. Thanks. Greg Bell. Pete, um, from here, look, DK Metcalf is obviously irate and on the sidelines, especially at the end of the first half. He underthrew the ball by Wilson, which should have been a touchdown to tie the game in the fourth quarter. How did you bring him or reel him back in? What did you or somebody do? Because he was obviously a little checked out mentally there for part of the game. I didn't. I, he wasn't checked out mentally as far as going out on the field and playing football. I mean, you saw something I didn't see, and I didn't feel it. Yeah, you know, I, I, I didn't see that. Um, he was right with it. We needed him to go back for this and that, and the plays that we were calling, he was totally in it. I didn't see anything th that distracted. But, again, I, you know, things might have been happening behind me. Uh, he was right there when we needed him throughout and didn't waver. Did you get any explanation from the officials on the B.J. Dallas fourth down play? Was there any? can't challenge it, obviously, but you saw it, I think, since. No, no. There was it, with the with the – the knucklehead penalty that DJ gets for kicking the ball. DJ's one of the great players on our team. Team guy, smart, in it, great juice, great energy, and, and he, he lost his composure for a flash of an instant and kicks the ball right there. So it kind of took, they kind of distracted the focus from the call that, that was just made. I don't know, Greg, you know, those guys make these calls when they make them, and they, they, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Um, it, was, it, it happened quickly, and uh, it didn't look very good on the little replay that somebody showed me. But I don't know. I'm not, I'm not bellyaching about that call. We need to win the game in all the other ways we could win the game. Corbin? Hey, Pete, going back to DK, it just feels like for whatever reason this year that he and Russ, the connection just hasn't quite been there. There were a few plays downfield that came up short of this game. Uh, do you have any idea what's going on there? Uh, they're trying, they're trying their ass off to play right. They're, they're working on their stuff, their routes, their concepts. Uh, the calls are there. We're trying to get the ball there. There's, there's no there's, – it has – you just got to throw and catch it, and you got to make the plays, and they got to get the job done. Um, we got to throw it better, and we got to make sure that we make our plays. Um, that, I, I, you know, I don't know. No, I don't see anything. I know these guys are working really hard to get it done. Um, you know, it's really it, – it's really – I am sick that we didn't have a chance to play with Tyler in this game um, because this is the kind of game that he would have been a factor in for sure in, in, in ways, and, and it's unfortunate, you know, because this was really his, his kind of an opportunity. And, and, uh, and so it, DK had to do it, Freddie had to do it, Eskridge had to do it, and come through, and those guys did everything they could. Art? Pete, your first drive in the third quarter was as good as it's been all season. Uh, why did that work, and why wasn't it sustainable? Yeah, we just mixed it really well, you know, and and, it, and DJ finished the drive off. Uh, uh, Penny cramped up um, coming out of halftime, and uh, DJ finished it off, did a nice job with that. Um, guys are blocking well. I thought our pass protection was, was as good as it's been against these guys. I, th I thought we held up well, um, and, our, and our pass rush was as good as it's been also against these guys. Um, there was a lot, of, a lot of positives in there. And why wasn't it sustainable in terms of, the offense. Gosh, I don't know. Our, I would, we we tried to go right back out and do it again, you know, and and uh, we didn't make the we, we didn't make the same first downs that we did. Uh, the, the conversions were there in that sequence, and also we ran the ball really well right there. Um, you know, so we just, you know you just got when when the time comes, you got to convert the third downs. We had third and fives. We had we had some we had some good controllable third down situations that that we need to make. 
Bob? Um, yeah, Pete, ask, just ask about another kind of controversial flag, I guess. The, what did you think of the uh, hold on, on Bless Austin on, on the third down there? The I, I didn't quarter? see it. I, you know, he had, I think he had three penalties thrown his way, and I was told that, that two of them weren't penalties, you know, but I, I don't know that, and I, I can't tell you. Um, I know he's really physical. He knocked the guy down on, on, the, on the last one. That was a huge place, like third and 12 or something like that. We're off the field, and they get a first down right there. It's a very, very untimely call, or untimely play for us. And, uh, um, you know, I know he's physical, and maybe that – I didn't see the, the actual uh, contact there, so I, I have to wait to see the film. And, and ultimately, did you feel like the, the delay – I mean, could you tell, I guess, was there much impact on this game and the way it was delayed for a couple of days and all that? I don't think it had anything to do with anything. It just made it, made it seem like forever to get to this game. It seemed like it was two weeks ago when we played um, yeah, and, and all that. But uh, the event here, the stadium was good. You know, our guys were lit up and, and fired up about this opportunity. They were too. Um, I don't think it had anything to do with anything. Now, we got, it's going to be taxing the next week, and we've got to do a nice job of getting back and recovering. That's uh, a short week coming up. Brady. Knowing what you know now about who was available for you guys, who wasn't, and vice versa for the Rams, how much do you feel like the, the postponement uh, hurt you guys in this game? Obviously, I, I know, as you just mentioned, it's going to hurt you next week, but in terms of this game, how much do you feel like it put you at a disadvantage? No, I don't think it put us in a disadvantage, It really. I think it, it, the delay helped them. It helped them. You know, they, they were able to, to, to get some guys back. Um, that, that wouldn't have played on Sunday, I would, I think. But um, other than that, it, it it didn't it didn't hamper us. Other than not having Tyler, Tyler's one of the best players we've ever seen, and he wasn't there tonight, you know, and he didn't quite make it back. He was battling all the way to this this morning. He would have flown up here in the morning if he could have passed his test. He couldn't get it done. So uh, you know, we were competing at every turn on that one. Matt, you touched on a couple of penalties already, but you look at some of the key ones in this game. There was Alton Robinson on the. You know, touching yeah. the kicker. That's three points, yeah. They're punting yeah. the ball. There was Bless Austin's defensive hold that kept that drive alive. There was um, DG Dallas kicking the football, and there was that false start on Rashad um, when it was third and one. When you just look at the, the collection of those, you know, what's your reaction to that and how much? Yeah, it felt play? like, you know, it felt we, we've been, you know, remarkably good penalty-wise during the course of this season, better than maybe we've ever been uh, with fewer penalties per game and all that kind of stuff. But it, it seemed like um, – like young guys, new guys, you know, that's what it kind of felt like. And, and, and you know, making the wrong choice at the wrong time kind of, you know, just kind of felt like um, a little bit of inexperience in that, you know, run, run into the kicker, maybe on a third and 12, you know, you don't, whatever, you know, you don't have to use your hands as much. You, know, you make a good decision there. I don't even know if that's a penalty, you know, um, uh, you know, booting the football, you know, those, those are, those are things that really we should be able to get through and it should not even be a factor. And those three plays, they didn't do anything. They didn't do a thing. We did all that to ourselves. And, and uh, now, you know, but so I felt like that. It felt like the, 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 you know, the guys that came up right in those situations were new guys. And, and, and unfortunately, you know, it wasn't the most experienced guys that we've had around and guys with us. And, and so maybe that's just part of the newness. Masvita. Pete, why were you so successful in the pass rush today? Carlos Dunlap and bringing the pressure. What was happening there in this well, game? Well, I think that Carlos took advantage of his opportunity against a you know, guy came in, uh, you know, for Havenstein. Um, I don't know how I, – I, I don't know. I know he had three sacks. I think one was on the right side, but I think two were on the left. 
um, you know, but you know they had to play a backup there. And, you know, Carlos has been around a long time, and, and uh, he had a, one of his best games um, rushing. So I, I thought he he took advantage of his opportunities really well. This was a game about opportunities. You know, some, some of them we we captured, and some of them we didn't. And, and uh, it's really frustrating to have to live with that. Thanks, Curtis. Yeah, Pete. Two quick ones. Uh, your thoughts on the play of Jordan Brooks today? Yeah, he was really active. He was really active. I love the play on the screen, of course, and just continue. I mean, we're that was a game we're we're under three yards of carry in that game. You know, in the first half, playing exactly like we've been playing for months, and and uh, really kicking butt in the running game. And then that darn play gets out, and you know, forty yard play that we just lined up wrong and missed on the lineman and and and. Uh, um, he was a, all part of that. I thought he was a big factor in them. He and Bobby, they continue to make the plays. Um, now we get really good uh, line of scrimmage play from Allen, from uh, from Puna, um, and and you know even without Monet tonight, our guys were playing like we've been playing. Um, so there's some real consistency there, and we've got some real strengths there. Uh, you know, as as we're going through this season, that keep showing up. And, and your guys that did end up going on the list, how are they doing? Is everybody kind of as you can tell at this point. Yeah, really, but I'd like to send that message out that our guys aren't sick. You know, they, a couple guys felt a little something, but they're not sick, sick, and, and they're not feeling real bad. And they're, they're, they're really, it's really frustrating for them because they don't feel bad. And, and uh, this, the new uh, thing we're dealing with, uh, you know, the Omicron is, is, is absolutely on fire, virulent, but it's not a big factor um, in, in how it's affecting us at this point. We're going to learn a lot more. We, that's that's on no information and no research and nothing. But the early indication is that you know guys feel a little something and that's it. You know, and and, and uh, so we have to, we have to do a good job of getting back from it. Um, these guys did a nice job getting back from. It. They got some guys back in three or four days. We got to make sure and get that done. I, I don't think we're done with this thing. I think it's we're, we're still dealing with it. Anything else? Thank you, everyone. All right, that was Pete Carroll doing his best to try to stay positive, not put the blame on the referees, not try to blame the league for pushing the game back. But I'll do it for him, man. The game pushed you back. <laughs> they got guys available. You got guys out. You know, who knows? If, I'm not going to – Ray, I'm not going to say it. It's not a conspiracy theory, okay? But you can't say the game being pushed back did not help the Rams and hurt the Seahawks. It definitely did – but Pete Carroll doing a good job being a good leader and kind of saying, look, we didn't do enough to win the game. End of the day, he's he's absolutely right about that. No no question. I mean, there's plays to be had. And, again, when you're struggling, you, you know, you're searching for, for things. You know, I look at this game, and I, I'm not going to throw the conspiracy theory out there, but I'm going to throw an analogy. It, it is like a heavyweight fight, and he's the champ. You've got to knock him out. You're not going to win on points. Don't let the refs dictate don't yeah. let the NFL dictate you got to go and make plays and there were plays to be made um, I thought we played pretty well I'm actually pretty proud of this team how hard they played and mm-hmm. uh, they did get after it you know that's a really good Ram team that I thought defensively we did a, a, a really good job against um, we just didn't make enough plays offensively you know in 21 points I think this is now the sixth game three five I think it's six or seven games that we haven't scored over 21 points on these guys and so that's kind of the recipe. We better score 21. We're not going to win a lot of games against them. Yeah, I like that analogy of, of the boxing thing. Like, you have to, you have to knock them out. And, and, and there were a bunch of body blows they could have thrown to kind of slow it down a little bit and then, and then take some of the shots over the top. And some of those passing situations where Russell was just sitting back there patting the ball, you have to make that defense pay because that doesn't happen a lot of times. And so – uh, so when you do have an opportunity to stand back there and pat the ball, man, you just really 
was hoping that somebody would come open that you could really make them uh, hurt from that. Uh, but we a lot of times weren't even able to take advantage of that, maybe you know the coverage or what have you. Uh, and then, like I said, the the other body blows would have been able to keep the running game going. You know, those are just more body blows that so you can then take those shots up top. And so, uh, there, there, I, I'm I'm happy with the way they played. You know, given everything that they went through and people on and off the roster and coming back and changing the time. And Pete, I think Pete set the the mold early when he just said that we're not going to make it excuses. And so, uh, you know, yeah, the referees kind of got in the way a little bit, but they were still in the game, you know, pretty much in the entire time. Yeah, no, the boxing analogy is great. I think going back to Pete Carroll, what you asked there, Bump, you know, I think he just wants to keep his money in his pocket, so he's not going to talk about the referees uh, publicly like that. But <laughs> he's going to say what needs to be said. <laughs> but it, you know, it, it you know, it, it, it's really, it really hurts when it's a combination of both. You guys are talking about these body blows and. Man, I mean, there's a couple third downs defensively where it's we actually made a play. I mean, we, you know, not to sound surprising, but we made plays. We made plays, and then, quite frankly, we get a BS call, you know? And so when it, it yes, we missed some. And then on offense, like, the, you know, the, the, the play to DJ, that's a crucial third down play. That's a third down play, you know, that we're going to make if the call is right. If they make the call, you know, so when it's a combination of both and 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 we do, you know, have an opportunity to throw those body blows, you know, per se. And, and you know, maybe maybe we did. But then the referee looks at the judge and say, hey, take a point for a low blow or whatever it is. When really, you know, you hit him right in the belly button, you know, once you see the replay. So, I mean, <laughs> so it's difficult, man, when you're when you're battling both. And then, man, you know, you, you're putting so much pressure on yourself to make the play. And, you know, then, then we miss him. We miss some throws. Second game now, uh, you know, Russell goes for under 200 yards against his team. I mean, we just can't, you know, we can't throw the ball efficiently. Tough day all around. Football is all about situations, and there are situations where the Hawks just didn't do what they were supposed to do. Want to see Blue Thunder and the Seahawks dancers perform up close or catch us live and in person? Then American Family Insurance Touchdown City at Lumenfield Event Center should be a part of your game day routine open three hours before kickoff, so bring the whole family and experience the excitement. Lots more to do when we get back. We'll hear from Jim Mueller players as they step up to the podium, get analysis from these guys. That's all next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Seahawks lose in Los Angeles 20-10. to The Rams win the season series. McVay improves to 8-3 and against the Seattle Seahawks. Something about this team just doesn't allow the Hawks to really get over the hump. Is it Aaron Donald? Is it Leonard Floyd? Is it Matthew Stafford? I know who helped. Cooper Cup, man, he had a great day. This guy had 136 yards and two touchdowns. We know that they were missing. The Hawks were missing DJ Reed in that secondary. You're missing Tyler Lockett, another option for Russell Wilson to toss the ball to. No denying these guys not being there really affected the outcome of this game. But with all that being said, the Hawks still had opportunities to win this ball game and just couldn't do it. Something Pete Carroll said, he goes, it's like we had new guys out there, you know, and the newness showed in some situation. You got Bless Austin out there. Um, with a penalty that I, I don't necessarily agree with. You got DJ Dallas losing his cool, kicking a the football. There were some young man tendencies out there. When you have a DJ Reed, a guy who's battled and been out there, maybe that penalty doesn't happen. When you have Tyler Lockett out there, a guy who happens to get open, no matter what kind of defense is out there, maybe there's another option for Russell Wilson to throw the ball. Just a bunch of maybes, man. I feel like I'm just full of questions right now, just, just why. you know, I'm watching this game, and I feel like they got a chance, and they fall up short, and that's just been – the theme 
of the season so far. Close, but no cigar, Big Ray. Yeah, it, it to me it, it is weird because like what Turbo was just saying, like how it was both. There were opportunities to be made, and then there were opportunities that were made that were kind of taken away because of a referee call. A BS and, and so you call. And so then you, you walk away feeling like, you feeling like you really you really had a, a deep you know chance to to win it and you've played it you you've played it well enough and you've and you've done things to put yourself in a position to win and it just didn't it just didn't work out it's it's almost like it was like watching paint dry so to speak you know what I'm saying it just kind of like eh it was what it was but uh but no I I I I really feel like um you know if they could have stayed on course with the offense and not feeling like Sometimes I feel like they get down and they feel like they have to get it all back in one play mm. versus taking your time, establishing the run, establishing those, those shorter passes, you know, running some – well, not running screens, but getting a, you know, getting the quicker passes to, to DK and those things. Uh, they feel like they have to get down the field and get the points back right away. And I think that kind of messes up the flow of the offense sometimes. Yeah, there's just so many things. Again, I'm, I'm going through this game. And again, when you lose 20 to 10 – you you look at all the big plays, right? right. You know they, they had the forty two yarder uh, to Cooper Cup, and we ran kind of at a skies cover too, and I, and so you had Ugo Amadi up on the slot in the last second. He bails out. He plays the deep safety. We've got our corner. I don't remember who was playing the right corner at the time, and he's playing off, and he's like disguising it. Maybe there was going to be a cover three, and all of a sudden he just sets, and we don't even touch Cooper Cup. It's third and eighteen. You know, so we don't reroute them, and then they run a post route, and we cover it pretty well. I mean, it was kind of like we were playing a Tampa two uh, disguised. And now you got Ugo Amadi, who's bailing out at the safety. He goes to the post. You can't run the post. The post is the weakness of the defense. The backside safety has to play that when they got a go route or a fade route as a cover two safety. You have to go to the sideline. So. Little things like that. All right, let me hop in there. We got Quandre Dick stepping up to the podium. What's kind of the m- mood of this team going into a tough week? First of all, where are y'all at? Y'all didn't get to travel? Uh, I did not. Some did. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm used to being y'all seeing being right here in my face, so I'm just just asking. But what's the question again? My fault. No, no worries. Kind of, <clears throat> where's this team at mentally right now after a really tough loss that obviously is kind of a blow to your playoff chance? I mean, you got to keep pushing. You know what I mean? The Chicago Bears don't care how we feel on Sunday when we go in there. So, at the end of the day, we got to keep pushing. And, you know what I mean? Um, we got to work. You know what I mean? That's your job. So, do what your job is to do. And your job is to play football. Go play ball. So, it is what it is. Seattle Sports Station. 710 ESPN Seattle. More Seahawks. More Mariners. More everything. 30-yard days on you. Just how, how how rough was that give? Just how, how well you'd started and, and that drive that they got going there and and, and uh, how it kind of changed the tide there for a little bit. Uh, for one of those, I'll definitely take responsibility for that. You know, I got to check my shot and shoot a shot and, and you know, um, just knowing it's a little bit different in me for me and in cover two, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm not running the alley like I normally do in cover three. So for me, it's just picking my spots when I can shoot and when I can't shoot. So um, I take definitely, I take responsibility for one of those uh, in the long run. And, you know, I mean, we just got to clean some things up. And um, at the end of the day, you know, I mean, it's, 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 it's plays that we got to take off our tape and um, we got to continue to get those things under control. Um, we play well for the most part and just the explosive plays kill us. Michael Sean. 
Andre, do you feel like the postponement put you guys at a disadvantage? Come on, man. You know me. You guys all know me. Your job to play ball, you go play ball whenever they tell you to. So, um, ain't no disadvantage. You know what I mean? Of course, we missed some guys that, you know, we would love to have out there, but they had some guys they were missing, and they came out, they won, they were the better team. And at the end of the day, you know what I mean? You go play ball when you go play ball when you told to, and you be grateful for the opportunity to be able to play in this game. Bob Condota? Yeah, Quandre, a uh, uh, couple of big penalties on third down sort of didn't go your way, especially the one on that drive where they took the lead there, the the, the, the hold on, on, on Bless. Was it, were those hard to just being on third downs, those ones kind of hard to overcome and all that? or? Um, I mean, third down penalties, you know what I mean? That was, that was always tough, you know what I mean? You never want to get a hold or, or, or grab or pass interference. You never want to do that on a third and long situation where you're getting off the field. So. Um, I just think that comes with smart football and situational ball. And, you know, I mean, I don't think um, altogether we didn't do a great job of that tonight. And, and it's not just to play with bless. You know, we had a couple more third downs where we should have been off the field and we weren't. So um, at the end of the day, you know, I mean, we got to play smart and you got to know situational ball. Michael Sean. Uh, one more real quick, Quandre. Uh, Pete said that uh, at this point, you know, with the playoffs, like very slim statistically, you guys are playing for each other, playing for the relationships you guys have cultivated, you know, in that building. Uh, is that a sentiment that uh, you guys feel amongst uh, as players as well? I mean, you always gonna play for the man on the left or right of you. That's just that's what it is. These relationships are really bigger than football. So, for me, you know, what I mean, of course, I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna thug it out for my teammates. You know, what I mean, bumps, bruises, all that. You know, what I mean, so um, like I said, I got a job to do. My job is to play football and. I'm going to go out there each and every day and try to be the best me I could be, you know what I mean? So I can help this team win, and, um, you know, we just finished finish with a um, with a bang. I mean, that's all you can really do. I've been in these situations before, so, where you you know, you really have a slim chance to make the playoffs. So at the end of the day, you know what I mean? You got to fight, and you got to trust in the people next to you, and, you know what I mean? You fight through the, the, the tough end to the season. John? Yeah, Quandre, another interception uh, off your old friend Stafford. Just t take us through that play. What were you seeing there? Um, it was just more of knowing how they were going to try to attack us in in our in our um, three deep coverage. You know, what I mean, uh, I think they had a miscommunication. But at the end of the day, I, you know, what I mean, I could be wrong. But at the end of the day, I knew he was going to Cooper Cup, and I knew I just need to be somewhere in that vicinity. And no matter if they ran the wrong route or not, that's where they were supposed to go. And I was, and and, and that's just film study. You know, what I mean. Uh, a lot of people are going to say he threw it right to me, but at the end of the day, if I wasn't over there and I was where I was supposed to be, I would have never made that play. So um, I definitely wasn't supposed to be over there. So it was just uh, IQ and a film study thing. Masvita? Hey, Quandre, as the leader on the team, and there's some young guys that are starting to, you know, finish off their first year, do you take you have to say something to them, or is it more that you just lead by example, you just – kind of gauge it as the practices and games wind down? Um, I mean, it's a little bit of, a little bit of everything. You know what I mean? Of course, you want to lead by example, but at the end of the day, you still got to get the message through the guys that the season isn't over. You know, they pay you to play 17 games, so you need to be locked in to play 17 games. That's kind of what it is. So um, if me at year seven on a contract, you can go out there and play every damn play, then these young guys should be able to do it at 22, 23 years old, and it shouldn't be no excuses. So. Um, those guys know what it is, and um, at the end of the day, you got to fight. That's that's really the name of the game, and 
Um, I mean, I wouldn't be here or be who I am if I didn't fight each and every day for my for my job and uh, and what's made me who I am today. So for me, you know, I mean, I shouldn't have to preach guys on that. That should be something that's instilled into you. All right, that was Quandre Diggs recorded an interception today. That was his fifth tying his career high. Um, hey, Quandre kept 100. Look, you go out there, you play. On Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, does not matter. Doesn't matter if our guys aren't here. You show up. You play ball. I think that's one of the things we really appreciate about Quandre Dix Turbo is that he steps up to the podium, win, lose, a draw, keeps it real. Every time he's a consummate professional, he's consistent, and that's what makes him one of the leaders of this football team. He's a guy that hasn't seen it all, but he's seen a lot. You know, he's been in this league. I think he mentioned this is his seventh year. And uh, and listen, man, you know, he, he's been around the block a few times. He's, he's been on some struggling teams in Detroit. Uh, you know, obviously been been you know been with the Seahawks for a few years, been been around some winning um, atmospheres here in Seattle, so knows what that feels like. But at the end of the day, win, lose, or draw, this is a job. It's a business. It is a job, and you know they they tell you all the time. Hey, Thirty one teams are watching. You know that's something the young guys really have to uh, you know be aware of. You know these last games that they're going to matter. Your effort and everything that you do, how you approach it. Your professionalism, it's going to matter. And you may not be a Seahawk uh, next season, uh, but certainly what you put out, out there on the film is, is going to be your resume, man. And, and teams are looking at the last half, the back half of the season, more than the front half as it pertains to evaluating players and seeing if you're a fit for their team. Some good young guys on our team. I was just going through this as well because – it was interesting. Uh, Pete was talking about the young guys, and it, it felt different. And I go, you know, the young guys play pretty well. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm just uh, de- defensively. I thought Jordan Brooks played well. Obviously, Quandre Diggs. I'm calling him young because guess what? He's gonna get a new contract. <laughs> we need more Quandre Diggs. Right. I mean, just his attitude, the way he plays. Um, you know, he's he's better than I ever thought. I thought he was pretty good when he was at Detroit, but you know, just to have him and the way he goes about his professionalism. You know, Rasheem Green. I, he needs more playing time. I mean, the guy is a baller. You know, Dave Wyman was talking about, I don't know if he's a great player, but he's a really good football yeah. player. Needs needs more opportunities. Um, you know, I thought Sidney Jones, is, he's, he's stepped up. Puna Ford, Daryl Taylor. Daryl Taylor had that big hit. We know mm-hmm. what he can do coming off the edge. Um, so I, you know, I think there's a really good young nucleus here of athletes, and sometimes they just need that opportunity because I don't think we lost because of the young guys. I would even say, sorry, old guys, you know, the guys that you, you count on to make big plays um, didn't get it done today. You know, and that's not a negative. It's just it wasn't the young guys. I thought they played hard and actually gave us some energy. Yep. Got to depend on your veterans to get the job done. Fell up short today. Sign your child up today for the Seahawks Junior 12 Kids Club. The free youth fan club is open to all kids under the age of 12. Kids will have access to activities, virtual content, and so much more. Join the team online at Seahawks.com slash Junior 12s. All right, when we return, we will hear from Jen Mueller in the locker room with interviews, players as they step up to the podium. All that is next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Welcome back to the Seahawks postgame show. I'm Michael Bumpus with Ray Roberts, Robert Turbin, and Paul Moya. It's been a tough one, man. We've been, we've been riding this roller coaster with this team all year. High expectations coming into the year, and playoffs are pretty much over now. Another stat that's crazy to say out loud. Russell Wilson will officially have his only losing season as a Seahawk. is official now. Um, and that's wild to say out loud. I remember the 7-9 season when Pete Carroll got here. 
But since Russ has been here, there's been a lot of success and a lot of things have happened this year with injuries, with Russell being out. You got a new offensive coordinator, got to pay guys on defense. I mean, I feel like for the first time, at least since I've been covering this team, they've been in the the headlines, national media a lot this year. And that's either really good or really bad. <laughs> and, and for this team, Moya, it's been bad. Well, when you're losing, it's bad. I, you know, again, I'll, I'll throw the positive here. Um, you know, right now we've got $45 million to spend next year in free agents. And we're not, you know, again, I, we're going to let some veterans go. I think we're going to have closer to $65 million to spend next year. Uh, when we let some a couple of big contracts go as well. And I was just mentioning the youth because they are the ones that are going to have to step up. Uh, so, you know, again, I don't think it's bro- – we're competitive. Yeah. You know, we just – we need to fill in some spots here. Uh, we got to make plays down in the fourth quarter, which for some reason we didn't do this year. Uh, but, it, you know, this isn't a – to me, this is not a teardown team. This is – let's go let's go grab some free agents. We got the money to really boost the offensive line, add some impact players. All right, I'm going to get you guys into this conversation, but let's pause 10 seconds to give our network stations a chance to identify themselves here on the Seattle Seahawks radio network. Seattle Sports Station. 710 ESPN Seattle. More Seahawks. More Mariners. More everything Seattle sports. KIRO AM Seattle. All right, Ray, I want to hear what you have to say, um, what Moyer just said. But before we get there, Gerald Everett has stepped up to the podium. We're going to go live. Standing the drives throughout the entire course of the game, the flags, us not executing as an offense putting up points late in the game. We had, we did well going into halftime, but this came out and they just were more dominant than we were. Curtis? Yeah, Gerald, it seemed like the first half tonight was like a lot of the first half you guys have had this year where you struggled to have the third downs and get going offensively. At, at this point in the season, just what kind of you make of that issue you guys have had getting going and and spinning it to, to tonight and some of your observations with, with why that might have been? Tough to say. Tough to say. Going against a team, a new team, each week. This is the NFL, and everybody's talented. Everybody gets paid. Uh, the edge rushers did a good job tonight coming off the edge, and the secondary did a good job trying to break up the deep balls. But we just have to be better on offense. Michael, Sean. Uh, Gerald, how are you personally feeling right now just after the loss? It's tough. It's tough. I, I try not to be too down. You know, I want to remain positive and still give everything I got, try to be as dominant as possible for the remainder of the season, as if we were still going to the playoffs and, you know, just try to let that rub off of some of the guys. But obviously, we want to be the ultimate competitors and we want to do everything we can to put this team in the right position and on the right track. It just didn't go our way tonight. Thanks. Art? Uh, Gerald, you guys were uh, one for 11 on balls beyond uh, – Pass beyond 10 yards. Uh, what was happening in the uh, deeper passing game as far as you could tell? Well, we took a couple sacks in the backfield. Um, you know, they came out and played some good coverages. They zoned us mostly throughout the game, and we just couldn't find those voids. And it's just tough because, we, I mean, we were getting open, but just not sustaining those, those type of drives that we had in the first quarter throughout the entire course of the game, and that's the result you have. Bob? Um, yeah, Gerald, what, what did you think the, the delay of the game for a couple of days it, it had much of an impact on anything? No, I don't, think, uh, I don't think it had anything to do with the way we practice this week. We practice the same way we normally do. The delay of games, I mean, it could be a number of things, whether it be not getting our play in fast enough or not keeping an eye on the clock or 
the referees holding the ball too long at the center. It could be a, it could be a number of those things. So I can't really pinpoint just one specific explanation as to why we had those uh, delay of games. Brady. Well, Gerald, I'll, I'll re-ask the question that Bob, I think what he meant was having the game delayed by two days. Oh, okay. I think he meant to ask how did that impact you guys? I wouldn't say it impacted us at all. Obviously, we had some guys out with COVID as well as the Rams. And it was honestly a shock to me that they actually moved the game because they said they wouldn't postpone any games in the beginning of the year. But, uh, you know, it's a show. It's a showtime game. And, uh, you know, it's Tuesday night. Everybody's watching. But it came down to the last couple drives and we just didn't finish. We didn't finish. Uh, I was going to ask you if you had a chance to see the play where uh, the DJ Dallas play on fourth down near the end of the game. And if so, what did you think of that? I did. I did. I think personally that the refs threw a lot of flags that they could have kept and they didn't throw the flags that they needed to throw, in my personal opinion. But, you know, I'm not a I'm not an officiating referee, so I don't I don't really know the rules as to or the threshold as to when to throw a flag or when not to. I mean, we're all ball players playing physical and. If I were a referee, I would have thrown that flag despite the way that the game has gone. But, you know, it's not my call. Thanks. That was Gerald Everett there. I think we lost connection. Greg Bell. Oh, oh never mind. Still got him. Greg. Gerald, how would you describe the guys in the mood in the locker room right now? I mean, we compete to the end. Everybody's trying to remain positive and still stay together. But it's a tough loss tonight. It's a tough loss that we definitely wanted to have. And especially for me, not being able to battle the Rams the first time or being able to be out there with the guys that compete with COVID. But that's how it goes, especially in this business coming to their stadium. You know, I mean, it's, it's the swing of the game. Thanks, Gerald. Thank you, everyone. Russ is right here. All right, that was Gerald Everett. Mentioned that um, you probably would have thrown that flag if he was a referee. I think Russell Wilson's close to stepping up. Wait till we get the signal there, but um, tough. Well, considering we're watching these penalties on TV replay right now, and the one on Austin again, it's just such a horrible call. I mean, you're professionals. I get it. Sometimes you drop a ball wide open in the end zone, right? I mean, it happens in life. Yeah. But my goodness, they were just they were both so bad. You know, and again, again, I know we're just, this is where it is right now. We're All just, right. we're, we're, we're grasping. Let me hop Don't up in there now. We got Russell Wilson stepping up to the podium. Yeah, Russell, what was going on offensively? Obviously, you guys had a couple of really nice drives and half, start the half, but they made it tough on you the rest of the way. Yeah, I mean, I thought, you know, the first half really kind of got by us. You know, we didn't have that many plays. You know, we had, um, we had the, I think we only had one series in the first quarter, um, I believe. Is that right? One series in the first quarter, right? And then, um, you know, second half or second quarter, we didn't, we didn't get the ball that much. We we got the ball right before the uh, right before the half. We, we marched down the field, um, made some key plays on, the, on that drive, um, and then next thing you know, uh, we end up kicking the field goal there. So it made it three three game, you know, tight game. Um, got the ball back at at half. Um, we were able to run the ball well. We were able to also um, get get the ball out quick to DK on a few of those. You know, signal some stuff there and here and there, and we were able to march the ball. Freddie made a sweet play. Um, DK made a couple nice plays, big third down conversion um, to him, and then we ended up run, running the touchdown, and that was huge. Um, and then, you know, the, the second, the, the, the rest of the half, really, I mean, the score was 
You know, scores 10-10. I think the I think there's about eight minutes to go, something like that. Uh, it's third and 18 for them, and they get the conversion on the first down. You know, off the penalty, and you know they end up. They end up oops, sorry about that. They end up scoring on that um, that drive. You know, made it 17-10. We get the ball back. It's third and one. Unfortunately, we go off sides. Um, you know, and uh, we think we would have had that first down there on that play, and then next thing you know, it's it's fourth and it's uh, you know it's technically you know it's a huge key situation or whatever. Um, you know, that, right there, and and unfortunately, um, you know, we don't we don't make the, we don't get the get the call, don't make, don't get make the play, and um, you know, I, I think that um, there were some plays out there we could have had, we could have, you know, could have made, and this and that. I, you know, I felt like I I, I was a little short on DK on that one. I wish I could have had that one back, maybe. But other than that, I felt like we played a good game. It was a tight game, you know, and uh, we, we you know we didn't get as much opportunities as we wanted to. Um, and then uh, you had some third and longs. You know, obviously they're, they're good defense. They're, they had good pass rushers and stuff. And third and longs is always tough. Um, you know, so the game got away from us. It was 10-10, and we had a chance to win it. We felt like, and unfortunately, we didn't. Greg, I can't hear. You. Here you go, Russell. I'm sorry. I, the, did you realize how open DK was past? I was trying to get on my hand, you know, um, you know, they, they got off the ball pretty good there. I tried to get off my hand. He was do, kind of doing a double move. So I tried to get it out of my hand, you know, before I got hit and, um, you know, just try to put some air on to let him go get it, you know, and, uh, you know, um, sometimes those double moves are always tricky because you never know when they're going to, when they're going to come out of it. And, um, you know, I wish you could have had that one back. That was the one I wish we could have had back, you know, and so, um, you know, uh, I think that there's a lot of other good plays we made in that in that game, but that was one I wish I could have had back, you know, personally. And did you sense he looked Metcalf looked frustrated, especially after the first half on the sideline? And did you sense at all his frustration? Did you have to talk to him about that? No, he wasn't. He wasn't. Um, we, we we didn't have anything between us or anything like that. I think that he, uh, you know, we we had a. Um, there was a moment where he uh, he was pressed and we ran the ball in that play and he did a really good job of shaking uh, Ramsey on a really sweet play. He was just saying, "Hey, I'm 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 hot today. I'm gonna be ready to go. I'm gonna be ready to go." So you know that was that was uh, that was kind of his passion. wasn't wasn't anything wrong or anything like that. He was me and him were super connected, you know. So uh, there was nothing wrong or anything like that. He was uh, he he was had a great week. He was focused, highly focused, ready to roll, um, you know. And so uh, you know, there, there's nothing there. Bob. Yeah, Russell, just what's your thoughts? Obviously, you guys fall to five and nine. It's going to be the first losing season of your career here with the Seahawks and, and all that. Just, just I know it's really early, but any way to kind of put that in perspective, how you're feeling about all that? Uh, it's definitely disappointing. You know, I think that um, the season's been tough just in general, everything, everything going on with everyone and just life. And, you know, there's a lot of real situations out there going on, you know, and COVID. And, um, you know, I think for us, um, the only thing that we can do is get ready for tomorrow. Wake up tomorrow and give everything we have. That's what that's what we're that's what our our, our job is to do is to wake up and give everything we have every day. That's all I know. Um, you know, it's definitely uh, disappointing. Um, you know, and uh, I felt like I, I feel like um, the season we were you know we had some chances to win some games early on. We didn't unfortunately, and I think you know the in the seasons past you know I felt like we've we've won those close games. You know, I, I go back to I think it was 2019. I think we had seven or eight games or we won, you know, you know, those close, close, tight knit games. Um, 
you know, I, I go back to early on in the season, Tennessee, for example, we could have had that game. A few games just kind of got away from us. And, um, you know, what, what, I, what I do know is, is that I'm grateful for each guy that given everything every day. And I don't expect anything to change with that in terms of their mentality, our mentality, how we're going to work at, at it every day and work at our craft. And, um, you know, that's the character of guys we have in the room. And I know that um, it's disappointing, you know. Um, the good thing is, is I think that we've always created such a high standard of, of, of playing and winning and, and found ways to just win these close games. And this year, unfortunately, we weren't able to do it, you know. And um, all I know is we got three more left, and uh, we're going to give everything we have. Corbin? Hey, Russ, it seemed like, especially in the first half, there were a number of plays where receivers didn't look like they were getting open. You had to hold on to the ball for a while. How much did you feel the loss of Tyler Lockett in this in this football game? Um, I thought guys were working their butts off. I think that, you know, obviously Tyler Lockett's one of the best receivers in the national football. Like anytime he's out there, it's always helpful, um, you know, and uh, I'm just glad Tyler's, you know, feeling okay, feeling good. You know, it's, you know, it's uh, this COVID thing's very real. And, um, you know, I, and, uh, when he found out he had it, that, that was always tough. On, that was tough on all of us, and I know tough on him because I know how much he's he's cared and put into this. And me and him were texting all week, just checking on each other, and just um, you know, we were talking about the the game plan, just different things. You know, he's he's such an amazing person, amazing player, uh, amazing amazing teammate. And to ha um, and anytime he's out in the field, it's always a good thing. Anytime he's just around us, it's always a good thing. So, um, but I thought guys played their butts off. I thought Freddie. Played his butt off. He made us a couple nice, really good plays. Um, you know, I, I thought guys really tried to do some special things in those in those games. We almost had that deep shot to Deskridge. Almost came down with it. You know, on the scramble, that would have been a huge play. Um, he tried to go, you know, go go for it. He had it, and then they end up, I think, knocking it out. I didn't get to see it all the way, but um, you know, so guys gave everything they had. You know, and um, you know, so. But anyway, anyways, anytime you don't have Tyler, it's always. It's always, uh, you know, you want your best players out there, and obviously he's one of those guys in the National Football League, but uh, I thought guys played their butts off all week. Art? Following up on Tyler, uh, Russ, yep. you guys were one for, ten, uh, one for 11 and passes beyond 10 yards tonight. Is that where you missed Tyler most? Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I think that obviously Tyler <laughs> has ability to get open and just slither past the defense. He's... He's he's been the best of the world at it ever since he's gotten in the league. I don't I mean eight years or however many years he's been playing. You know, um, that's what he does best. You know, um, I think that um, there was, I think that in the midst of the game, you know, they have a really good pass rush. We you know we we try to slow him down. We did a good job of slowing him down for the most part, and, and they made a couple of plays. You know, I, I gave DK a nice double move on one of them. That's the one I got hit, and Gerald makes a great catch on him. That was a touchdown. Um, you know, unfortunately, I got hit right when I threw it. But you know, there's some key moments in there. Um, you know, and obviously Tyler's, uh, he's one of the best at it. A couple more. Brady? Hey, uh, did you just say that on the, the throw to Everett that you were going to Metcalf on that, that you got hit? Yeah, I got my I got my arm hit right when I threw it. And uh, I was actually going to Metcalf, and they, they kind of chopped my elbow right when I threw it. So um, on my wrist or whatever. I got you. And then uh, did you have a chance to see the replay of the, the fourth down play to DJ Dallas? And even if you did or if you didn't, what did you think of that play and the non-call? Yeah. Unfortunate. Um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, I, DJ was supposed to run a different route. I kind of told him, hey, hey, run this one right here, you know, and um, without saying the name of it or whatever. But I told him to kind of go out and release on this one, you know, and just free release. And it was the perfect look. I mean, it was – and uh, – 
unfortunately rushed, you know, and, and uh, they got right right down the middle there, kind of unfortunately, and um, tried to get the ball to, to DJ and got hit right when, uh, or, you know, tried to release it, and he got hit right when the ball was kind of getting to him. Um, you know, obviously, I think that was a huge play. Um, Could have been a big moment, obviously, because the score right there was 17-10, and the ball would have been on the, I don't know, what, 32-yard line, 30-yard line roughly. I don't know exactly, but um, that, was a, that was a big moment. Um, I think, and you know, there's so many other moments in that game. I felt like we, we you know, we could have capitalized, and the game was, like I said, the game was 10 to 10 with, you know, eight minutes to go or whatever. So, it was there for us, and unfortunately got away. Curtis. Yeah, Russ. I know it's been a hard year for you guys in many aspects. You with the finger, among other things, too. Just at this point, are you, are you playing to the standard uh, personally that you foresee yourself wanting to play to and just physically with everything you've had going on and the third down numbers you've had this year and everything? Are, are you play? Are you where you want to be? Well, where I want to be is, is, uh, is you know, whatever our record could be, you know, 10 and whatever it could be, you know, that's where I want to be. Um, you know, and, and unfortunately, um, you know, I've been getting better every, every week. You know, I had a great game last week and everything else. Uh, we had some key moments of the past couple of weeks, had great weeks and uh, they made a couple plays here and there. You know, we, like I said, we didn't have the ball that much. We tried to do some different things, try to slow them down up front, and we did a good job of that for the most part. Um, and there's just some key key moments in there, you know. And so, you know, I, I think that uh, to answer your question, you know, Curtis, I'm always going to keep working no matter what. I'm never where I want to be, you know, just because I always want to work at my game, you know, always want to continue to get better every day. Um, it's a tough, tough battle today. I mean, like I said, the score is 10-10. You know, game was right there. You know, and uh, unfortunately, got away with us, from us with just a couple, couple key moments of, you know, uh, miscues and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm gonna always stay encouraged. I'm always gonna keep working, and that's all I know. Last question for Russ, Michael Sean. Hey Russ, so, so are you guys still approaching this as like we got a shot at the playoffs? How's that working for you guys mentally? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know all the math of it all. All I know is, um, you know what we're going to approach it as is that, you know, we have a job to do and we have an opportunity to go, you know, um, play as tough as we can, as hard as we can for our fans and for, for just for our own, our families and our careers and just, you know, and, and try to do, do things right. You know, there is no other way. You know, you're always going to try to do things right in the right manner, the right approach at the highest, highest level. Um, you know, it's a good football team we played today. It was a good game. Fortunately, we didn't win it. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, what we do know is that, um, the next day is the only day we get, you know, and so we're going to do everything we can to give it all we have, and that's the only approach we know, Mike, you know, so um, it was disappointing we didn't get to win it today. Obviously, we've been playing some good football. I thought this game was a good game, just um, like I said, it didn't end up the way we wanted it to late in the last, you know, five, six minutes of the game, really, um, and we've won so many of those moments, and I think that, um, you know, key, key, key moments, key penalties, key little things like that, you know, we you know, those things can't happen, you know, in, in those kind of tight situations with great teams. And so uh, all I know is I'm going to stay encouraged, and I don't know any other way. Um, I'm going to give everything I have, uh, you know, for these guys in this locker room and uh, just, you know, and, and just, our, our, you, know, our, you know, Seattle and just everything I have every day and just our fans. And, and uh, you know, I, I love this game every day. You know, I, I'm going to come with the right approach, the right mindset, and uh, that's, that's all we know. And I know, I know everybody else is going to do the same. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, Russ. Thank you, guys. Go Hawks. Our quarterback review is brought to you by Verizon, the official 5G network for the NFL and built right for the Seahawks. Seattle can scream, stream, and share every play in 5G quality. When we return, we're here from Rashad Penny and Rasheem Green. They're standing by with 
with Jim Miller. That's next. The Hawks lose in L.A. 20 to 10. Hawks go down to L.A. and lose 20 to 10. We're going to change it up real quick. We're going to go down to L.A. and hear from Dunlap. He's at the podium now. Tough act to follow. Very well spoken. John Boyle. That, that sweater is a tough act to follow as well. Uh, just, uh, Carlos, three-sack game for you. I know there's a, a stretch in the couple of weeks ago you weren't playing probably as much as you would have liked. To go out and have a game like this, just how rewarding is it to, to get three sacks? It's bittersweet, uh, you know. Um, you know, I would love to cap it off with a win, uh, but you know, three is what it is. But you know, I would like the opportunity to cap it off with a win. Sorry, I was not looking at the camera. Bob. Yeah, Carlos, just you guys being five and nine now, and you know, just a sort of a losing season and all of that. I guess, what are your thoughts on that? And sort of what you guys play for these. Uh, we've underperformed. I got very high expectations from me and my teammates. We all um, are holding ourselves accountable for our stake and how our season is going. And we know we have every bit of the ability to, you know, have a completely different season. But it hasn't shook up that way. And today was, yeah, another tally in the column that we did not want it in. Michael, Sean. Carlos, how are you feeling just right now, personally? Uh, a little sore. <laughs> a little sore. We just played the game, you know, a couple minutes ago. Other than that, um, just ready to go home, look at this tape, find the corrections, um, continue to try to um, excel in my role and being a leader for my young boys. Um, I think us as a defense, personally, and we're, we're catching fire here late in the season, but we played a game to win, and we didn't do enough to win today. And uh, yeah. So how, how are you guys approaching this? Is it like you guys still have a shot at the, the postseason? Kind of just what happens now? Uh, well, now, um, you know, we get ready. You know, it's Tuesday. So I have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday before the next game thanks to the, the postponement that allowed them to get players back and us to lose players. But um, now we have to reset and refocus for this next opponent. Um, it's Christmas, and, you know, I can't think of a better present than getting another win at home in front of my family. They're coming up for Christmas. It's one of the rare occasions that we'll be able to, you know, enjoy Christmas together, you know, after they get tested when they land and everything. Um, yeah. Last question, Art. Carlos, uh, upon reflection, how do you think that the league and the union handled this business of COVID and agreed to postpone these games at least for a couple of days? What's your thing? I don't know all the details and the facts that go into, you know, it, but um, I don't like the way that it shook up um, playing on Tuesday. I, I played the game 12 years. I don't think I've ever seen a game on Tuesday nor played on a Tuesday. And obviously, you know, with the way that it shook up, um, you know, especially with us, you know, trying our hardest to, to be, you know, leaders in COVID testing and protocols and following the rules the way that we have this year and last year. And, you know, to get the game moved at the hand of someone else, not us, 
you know, that's one of those sudden change things that we just got to adjust. And I feel like we played a really good football game. So you can't say uh, that that was the edge. But, you know, um, now we got to get ready for this next football game. And we only have limited amount of days because we played on a Tuesday. Um, so a Tuesday night at that. So, yeah. All right, thank you, Carlos. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate y'all. Merry Christmas. That was Carlos Dunlap. Had himself a day. Had himself a sweater on, too, man. Had Seahawks on it. It lights up. He's in the spirit, even though they took a loss today. Say 12s. Want the latest on the Seahawks? We have you covered with the Seahawks Insider Podcast, hosted by Jen Mueller and John Boyle. They'll break down all the latest news and preview the next Seahawks opponent. Listen to all the latest episodes on Seahawks.com slash podcast. You can also subscribe to all Seahawks podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. All right, when we return, we'll go back down to L.A. and hear from Rashad Penny and Rasheem Green standing by with Jim Miller. That's next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Welcome back to the Seahawks Post Game Show. I'm Michael Bummers with the squad, Ray Roberts, Robert Turbin, and Paul Moyer. Before I talk to these guys, let's go back to L.A. and hear from Rashad Penny. He's with Jim Miller now. Rashad, first play of the game looks an awful lot like the first play of last week's game. How badly did you want to come out and do the same thing and really as a team establish the run? Uh, I think that's probably the most important thing as far as, you know, our team. Um, you know, it just helps out everything. You know, it takes pressure off Russ. And then with a good pass rushing group like that, you know, it, it, it eased the game. And, you know, uh, things start going our way, you know, once we start finding the rhythm of running. You know, but um, really, really not much. When you mention this Rams defense, one of the things you have to do is just run straight at them. Yeah. How has your style changed in the last couple of weeks? To me, you looks decisive and real powerful. Just, yeah, just me just taking each carry at a time and, and just knowing that, you know, it, it may be my last and just keep running hard and, you know, whatever comes my way is, you know, it just it happens. How much more difficult does that Rams defense, and Aaron Donald in particular, make it to run the ball or to execute some of those little screen plays? Um, you know, I, I, that's a great defense over there. You know, we, we kind of had our moments, um, but, you know, we only can control what we control. And, you know, that, like, we, like you said, that's a great defense, you know, tips our hats off of them. But, you know, against a team like that, you know, you just establish a run and, you know, just keep grounding at them. But what was the difference first half to that opening drive of the second half when you were just pounding it? Um, yeah, I mean, just running the ball. Running the ball at a good defense like that, you know, just establishing a run to help out the pass. Um, I think that's the uh, number one goal for us to try to be balanced and, uh, you know, just keep pushing and keep, you know, we got another week this week and um, you know, excited for the next opportunity. We saw you leave the field for a little bit. Is there any reason for concern? Oh, no, 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 no. No, I'm healthy, I'm 100%, and I'm blessed, and I'm thankful that I'm back playing this football game. And like I said, it's another injury game for you, and it's another step for me. Um, it's a new week, and um, I'm excited about what this opportunity presents this week. Lastly, I want to ask you about one of your defensive teammates, the hands of Quandre Diggs. First of all, he could probably be a receiver if he yeah. wanted to, right? Yeah. No, he's amazing. Um, his first pick, I told him to, uh, every time I stop by my locker, I give him good luck. And um, ever since then, he's just been balling. I mean, you know, he's a Pro Bowl type of safety. I mean, he's just having that year, you know, leading the defense and just doing everything great. I mean, uh, I watch it in practice, and then it carries on to the games. And, um, I think the, gr the great ones definitely practice hard, and then they put out the great results in the game. So that's what I'm trying to do. Yep. Between Rashad and Quandre, you did have some highlights, bump, just wasn't enough in this one. Yep, just not enough. We saw Rashad Penny had 11 carries for 39 yards. Didn't really get going this game. Turbo, what you see out of Rashad today? Had some flashes. 
You know, he had some flashes, man. I thought he ran hard, actually. I was, I, you know, 39 yards, you look at the stat and you're like, ah, that doesn't look very good. But, you know, if you just look at the way he ran the football, I thought he ran well. I thought he ran hard. Um, you know, he broke tackles and he had, uh, you know, a couple of ex- explosive plays. We'll call them explosive plays, but, you know, just he had some good runs, eight yards, you know, a couple of them, uh, 10 or more. You know, you like to see a guy try to get more opportunities. I mean, 11 carries, man, love to see what he could do with 15 to 18, you know, maybe 20, you know, and see what kind of will we can really impose on this defense because there were some yards to be had in the running game, honestly. And But I love what he said. He talked about his decisiveness. You know how, well, Jen asked him about his decisiveness and he looked explosive, and I, you know, I agree with her, man. He, you know, he's he's been decisive over the last few weeks, and he's not second guessing what he's seeing, and it's really resulting into him, you know, having positive yardage and and looking good out there. But uh, but just you know, obviously wasn't enough for us. Yep, he looked good when he touched the football. Another guy who looked good, Rasheem Green. He's standing by with Jim Mueller now. Rasheem, let's start with one of the highlights of the game. You get to Matthew Stafford in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. How did you get there? I get there just trying to work inside and, you know, uh, you know, first and foremost, man, the you know, safeties and DBs did, did, uh, did like a great job of you know, just doing their job and I had time to get back there. So I was really like a cover sack and I was working free. You know, I just worked in my way free. I didn't really do like a certain move. I was just working on you know, my hands and whatnot. Coverage sack, it, you get the credit for it. Carlos gets credit for three sacks today. Oh, yeah. What kind balling. of impact does he have? Um, he's just doing the same thing he always does. He just does um, his deal, and like the sacks come in bunches. They, you know, um, he gets them or he doesn't. But you know, he's always doing his thing, and you know, he's a real uh, pro. How has he helped you? How has he helped me? You know, just. Uh, um, I thought I said this before last year, but just getting a chance to like see how he does his things, just seeing how he goes about like business, the way he like practices his moves, the way he like plays throughout the game, just seeing how he like carries himself, and you know, it's uh, um, he's a great person like to learn from. Quandre Diggs has a big interception at the start of the second quarter. Yeah. What makes him so good at doing that? I mean, I know it was his former teammate. I know maybe it mm-hmm. wasn't the best pass in the world, but he still seems to have a knack for that. I don't know. It just seems like he has a knack for finding the ball or just the ball finds him. You know, um, he's always in like the right place at the right time. First half of the game, you allow just three points to the Rams. Yep. What happened in the second half? And as part of that, just the Rams offense is going to do that. I wouldn't necessarily say the Rams offense is going to do that. It was more like it was like one play here and there, you know. Um, I feel like it was like like the small things that kind of beat us, you know. It wasn't necessarily them. It was like us, like just just not doing what we did throughout the first half, which was doing all the little things right. Lastly, what's the message going forward? Because this loss is a tough one to take, but you uh-huh. still have three more games on the schedule. Um, we still have three more games. We're just going to go out there, play ball, have fun, and just you know, go out there and uh, win. And Michael Bumpus, here's something to keep in mind. 20 points allowed today by the defense. That's right with their average, and it kept the Rams under their average of 28 points a game. Thank you, Jim Miller. Yes, the defense did exactly what they were supposed to do, holding the Rams to 20 offense, just couldn't get going. Lots of more to do when we get back. We're here from Jordan Brooks. That's next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Welcome back to the Seahawks postgame show. 
Hawks go down to L.A., lose 20-10. to 10. But this young man had a game, 11 tackles, 7 solo, 2 tackles for loss. I'm talking about Jordan Brooks. He's standing by with Jim Mueller now. Jordan, I know this is a difficult one. What did the linebackers and, and what did the team say after this? Just got to stay positive. Um, I mean, it sucks to lose. And so it's just all positive talk. We still got three games left. And so, you know, we got to get back to work on a short week. And just keep moving forward. There were some positives, particularly in your game. I'm thinking of a couple of back-to-back game, back-to-back plays against Sony Michelle in the third quarter. How'd you sniff that out? What were you seeing from him right at the line of scrimmage? Um, just kind of watching film during the week. Uh, anytime they wanted to run a screen with him, his kind of his body language kind of would give it away. And so I seen uh, he was getting ready to run a screen. So I tried to get there as fast as I could, make the play. For you individually, how gratifying is it that you not only saw that on film, but were able to execute at such a high level on those? Uh, it's good. You know, it, it shows that the, you know the work that you put in during the week is paying off. You know, that's why you watch film to catch those things in the game. And so, that's a positive note on that end. There was a point where maybe I thought the offense was going to grab momentum. After halftime, they score on that opening drive. Then there's a couple of explosive plays that the Rams get. What happened on that? Was it a miscommunication? Was it a letdown that they were able to cover so much yardage there? Explosive plays, we weren't tackling well. Um, on that drive, we missed a couple of tackles. They were falling forward. They had the crowd behind them. The momentum got them. And that's what led to them scoring uh, on a crucial drive for us. And so as a defense, we know we know what we need to get better at. And it starts with tackling. There were also just some frustrating moments and calls or calls that didn't go your way out there. How do you keep that from being a frustration that gets in the way of anything else? It's just like you can't do nothing about it. You know, the refs, whatever call they make, you got to live with it. We can yell and fuss all we want, but it's not going to make a, a difference. And so you just got to go on to the next play and keep moving. Lastly, another thing the defense did well was get to Matthew Stafford. Carlos Dunlap today, how does he get to Stafford so many times? I think he just had the juice tonight. Um, it was good to see him, you know, to, uh, the ball the way he did today. Um, no, he had some frustration during, you know, earlier in the season. And so he just took it all out on, on, on them tonight. So uh, I'm happy for him. And even more impressive bump when you consider that the Rams had allowed the third fewest sacks coming into tonight's game. Yeah, D- Carlos Dunlop got after it. He had three sacks. You got Rasheen Green who had a sack. And now Jordan Brooks leads the way with 11 tackles every week. It seems like this guy is in double digits. He's top five or six in the league when it comes to tackles. What is it, Moyer? Is it, is it the, the tenant visor? What, what makes this dude play so dang well every week? Well, you know, look, he's the future. Um, he, he's everything you want, man. He's got size, speed, toughness. He's a good tackler. He's gotten better every week in pass defense. Uh, yeah, look, part of it is just the scheme he came from, from Texas Tech. I mean, he just didn't play – he didn't play NFL – scheme defense I mean it just takes time and uh, you know now he's comfortable and he like he's playing you can see it man it's just it's it's a bit of the changing of the guard right now you know he he's a thumper you got to have thumpers in this game and the way he attacks uh, offensive line now, he's not playing perfect yet yeah. um, but look give him a one more year you, you can just see it, man it's just a it's a straight line up you know on, on his improvement right real quick what does a linebacker like Jordan Brooks, what type of challenges does he pose for an offensive lineman? 
Well, the, the first thing I look at is how physical he can play sometimes. And so then you go get geared up to, like, take him on physically, but he's quick enough to kind of swim you or get around you or go underneath you as well. So it kind of puts you, like, in in a conflict when you're going out to when you're going out to block him, block him or, or when he's blitzing. You don't know if he's going to blitz with power or if he's going to blitz with speed. It's not the same player, obviously, but I can remember um, playing against Ray Lewis, like, his second year in the league. And it was the same thing. Like, you were just like, man, like, if I go out there thinking he's going to play speed, he's going to knock me on my butt. If I go out there and try to go hard, he might just go right around me. And so you were always just kind of, like, hesitant, like, trying to block him. And I think uh, my mic went off. There you go. You oh, back. Jordan plays plays similarly to that. And I'm like Paul. Like, I, I think, like, this dude has ascended the last two or three weeks just with his play to really kind of when you look at the defense, you look to see what he's going to do versus, you know, what you know, before you might look at Bobby or with uh, uh, Jamal out, you know, you're not looking at Jamal, but you look to see what Jordan Brooks is going to do. You know, what's, what's interesting in the last few games, what you said, because he, he really has made a big jump. It's the first time I can see what life is like without Bobby. Before, I couldn't see it because, I mean, Bobby it was just always so much better than – you know, even the next guy, I mean, even KJ at times, I mean, just the, the speed, athleticism, you know, KJ was an incredible football player. It's the first time where I go, oh, yeah, okay, this guy's going to be a really good football player. And, you know, again, I'm not saying Bobby's gone. I'm just, I can see life after Bobby finally. Well, that's encouraging, guys. I'm glad you feel that way about Jordan Brooks. All right, when we return, we'll give you our final thoughts. We'll look forward to the Chicago Bears. All that is next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Second down and two. The Seahawks can get a first down. They get a touchdown instead. Touchdown, Seahawks. DJ Dallas from four yards out carries it in. And for Dallas, that's his second touchdown on the season. And the Hawks take the lead over the Rams, 9-3. to What an offensive comeback for the Seahawks since the two-minute warning of the first half. That was the call of the game. The call of the game is brought to you by Beacon Plumbing. Stop freaking call Beacon. All right, guys. Final thoughts on this game. I feel like we're down. The season feels like it's come to an end, but you know what? They still got three games to play. So these guys got to bounce back and do what they have to do. But very disappointing to see the offense kind of not carry or ride the wave that they produced last week. Obviously, it was against the Houston Texans. Not a very good team defensively. But for about three quarters, these guys were in this game and you felt like they had an opportunity to win, just didn't really make the big play. Like, I don't remember a big play, at least offensively. We got Dunlap with some sacks, Quandre Diggs with interception. But offensively, there's not a play that sticks out to where I say, okay, that's a big boy play right there, Turbo. Yeah, man. And that was, you know, that was the the missing factor. You know, you got to have explosive plays offensively. Uh in order to win football games, man. And, you know, we talked about it in the pregame show, you know, the stars. I mean, we talked about the others, uh, quoting Shaq there. But, um, you know, this game was going to come down to the stars. And, uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, we missed. We missed more than we made. And, uh, and, it, and it cost us, you know. And, listen, I understand the season isn't over, but, you know, it is over, you know, essentially. I mean, you know, our standard – standard is making the playoffs and we're not going to do that this year and yeah it's, it's disappointing I, I would say you know I've, I've been sitting over here trying to figure out like man what what happened to the Seahawks on offense you know you got DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and Gerald Everett and Disley 
and you had Chris Carson and Penny at one point, and then you had uh, um, you know DJ Dallas and and the what's the other dude that came to back up Travis Homer? Collins. 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 Yeah, you know, and so you had you have all of these weapons and Russell Wilson, and they could not figure out a way to generate enough offense uh, to really make the team, you know, competitive. And I think that with with the newness of the offensive coordinator, with new people, new plays, people moving around, a lot of the newness, I think, I, I don't think it got figured out throughout the throughout the season on on offense because every week it seemed like there was a different different offense they were running. You know, the very first week it was like, oh, my gosh, look at all this motion and this and that. And then we didn't see that for like three or four weeks. And then it was trying to get force the ball deep. And then we didn't see that. Then it was try to throw the screens. And, didn't, and then that went away. And then it was like try to feed the tight ends. And that went away. Then it was, okay, let's run the ball. And then that went away. So it just doesn't feel like the, they ever got their handle on exactly what this offense was going to be and how it was going to perform. And it just kind of looked like that throughout the season. And today was kind of – you know, like I said, it was similar. There were some things they were doing that were that you thought like, okay, let's ride with that, and then that kind of went away, and then we tried to ride something else. So I don't know. I, I I'm hoping that in the off season, you know, we talked about this earlier, is that it's not just about um, taking the seeds that you have and 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 replanting them in the soil. You have to look at the seeds to see if they're the right seeds, and you have to look at the soil to see if it's the right soil. Those are to me. Those are the decisions that they have to make here. So that may mean some people are going to stay, some people are going to go. Whether that's staff, players, whatever it is, uh, because you got to look at everything: the processes, the the uh, the game plans, the performance by the players, the performance by the coaches. You got to look at all that stuff, and uh, and and really decide what is going to work and what is not going to work, or what what you're going to keep moving forward. Put it that way. Philosophical. Is it the seed or the soil? Is it the seed and the soil? <laughs> it, it's both. <laughs> you know, both? you gotta have the right seeds yeah. and the right soil for the thing to work. And and for years they've just been retooling the seed and like the same seeds in the same soil. And now we're at this place where at some point you gotta go, you know what? Like we gotta look at all of this yeah. and make sure that we have the right seeds and the right soil. Can I'm just gonna use... add fertilizer to mine. <laughs> be good, man. It's what, gonna grow. What kind of water do, do we, well, can we use? Regular the... water from the, or do we need alkaline? We're, we're going to ocean water. I don't know. Ocean Actually, water, sky, sky water, whatever from the thing. Smart water. There, smart water. Yeah, there smart water. Yeah, there, look, there's gonna be a lot, you know, time in the off season to to dissect all this, and there will be. We already know. I mean, when you have a great team, you know, mm-hmm. half the guys are gone. You know, I mean. And I'm and I'm looking again at the uh, salary cap right now for next year. You know, there there's going to be changes. You know, I mean, you know, you have Russell Wilson, Bobby Wagner, Dwayne Brown. Actually, Dwayne won't co- cost that much next year. They'll have to resign him if that's the go. Um, you know, but Bobby and and Russell. You know, you're fifty seven million bucks right there on those two. Um, so look, there's going to be changes, no question. There'll probably be coaching changes. I mean, this is a game of performance. We we know that. Um, you know, I look at today's game, and it, it really did come down to this year. We just didn't make that many big plays. And today, that you had the two to DK Metcalf. Um, you know that were Russell normally makes those throws. He had the one probably to. Uh, I, I'll leave. I think it would have been a tough one on Eskridge, but you know there there was just plays there, and then obviously the last one to DJ Dallas as well. No, I'm good. My phone's or my Apple Watch. <laughs> said thought I must have said Siri. Is talking to me. That was kind of creepy. Um, but, again, it really just about 
to me, not enough big plays. This was a game we were up 10-3 to in the third quarter. It looked good, and then we get the holding call, and they go down and score a touchdown on us. That's 10-10. They outscore 17 to nothing after that, and that's uh, that's kind of been our year, unfortunately. So it, disappointing. It's just something's missing this year. I'm not sure what it is. We just couldn't quite finish it off in the fourth quarter. All right, and now we have the Chicago Bears coming into town. I look at the record. I'm like, man, four and ten. I can't even talk. Hawks are five and nine. One more game, one more win than them. But oh. as we all know, you can't sleep on these guys. You can't Ooh. sleep in the NFL, man. You still have Justin Fields, a rookie who's figured himself out, trying to um, evolve as a quarterback in this league. You have David Montgomery, 600 yards. Um, Darnell Mooney at the receiver spot. I mean, these guys still got to show up and play Look, for pride. Like, their offense is 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 not good. It's not good. Not good. But they do got Quinn, who's got what sixteen sacks. 16 they got a defense sacks. that yeah. flat out get after you. They got a few injuries as, as well. But they're they're not a good offense. But the one thing that's given us problems all year long is good defenses. We we have scored twenty over twenty one point seven times this year. We have not lost one game this year in regulation when we scored over twenty one. Now, we lost two overtime games. Mm. Our other five, we scored 28, 28, 30, 30. We, we won those games. We have, but every every other game, we scored under 20 points and, and we've lost. So, you know, defenses, good defenses make it tough. So, if we don't get 21 <laughs> on Sunday, is all I'm saying. Yeah. Whatever your prediction is, <laughs> I was just we thinking need about 21 that. points. <laughs> I think this, two, this game will also speak to the questions some of the guys have been asked in the postgame about, well, what is there to play for, right? And Because now you're going to be playing against a team that even as, with your record, you still on paper should be better than, mm-hmm. than that team. And you should be able to show up and play. If you played hard like you did tonight, minus the penalties, you should be able to win this game. Their defense is, is tough, but their offenses can be a, offense can be atrocious. And their offensive line is not great at all. So the pass rushers should have – a good night if they can corral um, the quarterback who runs a lot, but uh, but the, the their effort and execution will s- certainly speak to how they want to finish the season in this game on on Sunday. Absolutely, I mean you know how you play, how you approach the you know the professionalism of the of this game is is going to tell the tale, man. And a lot of question marks on both sides. I mean, Chicago all season long has gone through you know, some turmoil themselves, you know, with their coaching situation, GM situation. Obviously, they thought they were going to be a lot better than they were this year, trying to sort out their quarterback situation and things like that. Obviously, Justin Fields has seemingly took the helm of that. Uh, and so, you know, listen, I, it, it'll, it'll be a good test. It'll be a good test to see, like, you know, what type of people we are, you know, this team, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully we come in and compete. Look at personnel. Hawks should win this game, but more you talk about their offense. They average one more yard than the Seahawks do. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. We've we played tougher defenses. Oh, we'll see what happens there. All right, today's final score, Rams 20, Seahawks 10. You've been listening to the <clears throat> Seahawks radio network. I'd like to thank the people who make our broadcast possible. Studio coordinators Matt Nelson and DJ Wilder. Executive producer of the Seahawks radio network is NASA Chobie. The Seahawks are back at Lumen Field next week to take on Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. Pre-game coverage begins at 11 a.m. on the Seahawks radio network. For our Seattle stations, we have another hour of Hawk Talk, but if you are leaving us, thanks for listening. For Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, and Robert Turbin, I'm Michael Bumpus. Seahawks fall to the Rams 20-10. to 10. Talk to you guys next week. Welcome to Hawk Talk. I'm Michael Bumpus with Ray Roberts and Robert Turbin. The Seattle Seahawks fall to 5-9. They go down to L.A. 
and take an L. 20-10, to 10, they were in it for a bit. And to break this whole thing down, we're going to talk to the professor, John Clayton. JC, how you doing? Good, how are you? You know, despite the loss, we're doing okay. Trying to find positives in this whole thing, it's tough because Russell Wilson has officially is going to go down with his first and only losing season as a Seattle Seahawk. Tough pill to swallow, but it seemed like this offense just could not really get going. The defense held the Rams to 20 points. That's what they've done all year, averaging 20.2. They're giving up. What did you see in this offense? Why was it so hard for them to get going? Yeah, same, same thing as we've seen for the last like almost two months. <clears throat> Not enough plays. I mean, what were they like about? Uh, they had like three third down conversions. That doesn't help. <clears throat> Certainly they ran the ball better, which did help. Their offensive line uh, up and down. But, uh, you know, I didn't think they did too bad. And then Russell Wilson, as great as he was, and he did some very good things tonight, had two under throws and some deep passes, and that cost them. John, this nucleus, Russell, Bobby, Coach Carroll, are they going to stay together next year? I hope. They should. Now, again, I worry more about Pete than I do Russell because I think Russell still wants to be here. I mean, he said it two weeks ago on a Thursday, and I think he likes his team. Certainly he likes his two top receivers, D.K. Metcalf and T.J. Lockett. He loves his town, Seattle. And, you know, again, you don't want to – and, again, if you give away or trade away a, uh, you know, a Hall of Fame-type quarterback, it's going to be a three-, four-year process of rebuilding. I don't think they want to go through that. But certainly there's going to be changes to the coaching staff. How that's going to be, I don't know. There's got to be a bunch of roster changes. That has to happen. Fortunately, they have the cap room to be able to do it. I do hope before the end of the season they get something done with Quandre Diggs because, I mean, he's too important to the defense to let go. But, I mean, this one, uh, this is one where, honestly, and I know I said this uh, when we were talking earlier today, is that, uh, you know, the idea of moving the games back didn't work out like it probably could have. Now, certainly what ended up happening is that, uh, you know, the Rams were able to get you know, a couple players back like Vaughn Miller and uh, you know, Rosenboom, the linebacker. And they were, yeah, but uh, what they, what they weren't able to do, uh, you know, and again, Washington was able to bring back two quarterbacks, but you know, they didn't play. And then, you know, uh, Philadelphia, I mean, not Philadelphia, but Cleveland, they brought one, player back and that was John Johnson. So it's like, okay, so here it is. You've got three or four players that came back, you know, uh, on the two day delay, two day delay for the three teams. And you end up having more guys on the other teams, like five guys from the Seahawks going on the COVID list, a couple guys from the Eagles going on the COVID list. I mean, it was brutal. Hey John, you've been around the NFL for quite a long time and you've seen, teams bring in, you know, new players or new coaches or new coordinators. Do you think that the the newness of Shane Waldron being a play caller, you know, working with Russell Wilson, you know, uh, bringing in Gerald Everett and bringing in Gabe Jackson, do you think that some of the newness may have kind of uh, handcuffed the offense a little bit this year? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I still think that Shane's done a decent enough job. I mean, you can see there's a little bit of a tempo. There's certainly, you know, Russell being able to move around, make some plays. You know, I, I think the big thing is, I mean, you have the six-game stretch where you had 
three games where he missed because of the finger injury, three games where he wasn't the same. And, you know, then Russell will start to get able to do some different things and do some positive things. So certainly the offensive line needs to get better to make sure that they have good running game going. I thought Rashad Penny ran the ball well. I thought DJ Dallas ran the ball well. But you know, they just didn't get enough offensive plays. And that's that's one of the difficult things. And again, Shane Waldrop can't execute the plays. He can only call them. And if the plays aren't executed well enough, then of course you saw what you saw. John Quandre Diggs records his fifth interception, tying his career high. Do you feel like this safety is deserving of all pro votes? Yes. I mean, but I think he was fourth or sixth as far as the uh, fan vote. And I mean, he was a pro bowler last year. Certainly, I think with the five interceptions and everything else, he'll be a pro bowler this year because obviously, you know, you have the three safeties in each conference that get in. And certainly I have to think that, you know, the fact that he's going to be there, he should be able to get in. But he's definitely deserving. Carlos Dunlap, three sacks today, a positive uh, for our team, really our defense overall. Um, you know, is he one of the players that you foresee? He seems like he's been coming along the second half yeah. of the season. Uh, you know, is he one of the guys perhaps you see coming back? You would hope so. I mean, because, again, I know he's older. I mean, that could be a problem. Maybe he's upset that he didn't get up playing time in the weeks before the last couple games. But, again, I, I never understood why he didn't get more playing time. Because, I mean, here you see – He's now starting to do the same things that he did last year in igniting the pass rush. Three sacks tonight, I think, what, four to four and a half now for the season. I mean, he had six last year. And so I think you can see he did such a great job, and you hope that they find a way to do it because just like in the case of Al Woods, I know Al Woods is old and all that stuff, but I think he's had a great season. I think Dunlap deserves to come back. During our postgame show, we talked a lot about some of the calls some of the questionable calls that, that happened uh, throughout this football game. What did you see uh, out there, John? And how does the league handle, you know, when referees are, you know, making mistakes like this? Well, again, it's like a, I mean, the, the current management with Walt Anderson there, they just seem to be ig- not ignoring it, but not doing much to fix it. Like in the case of you know, Sean Hockley, I mean, he leads the league as far, as far as the referees, as far as the number of penalties called in a game. And again, you saw so many penalties, so many key. I mean, it's like what, what drives me crazy is particularly like watching uh, the games on Sunday, watching the four games over the last two days. All you see is holding penalties, bringing things back. I mean, taking away plays. It's too much. I know that you know certainly you can call holding on just about every play, but you get kind of sick of it because, again, it's like it's holding the game back. And you saw this week. I mean, there's lower scoring games because there's so many key penalties like holding that, you know, put the team in position where they'll make a play, get a first down, and the next thing you know, they're now first and 20. All right, John. As usual, we appreciate your time, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Hey, have a good Christmas. You too, man. This segment is brought to you by your local carrier heating and air conditioning dealer. Visit CarrierNorthwest.com. When we return, we will relive some of these highlights. It's been a tough one. Hawks fall 20 to 10. All that is next on your home for the Seahawks. 17 ESPN Seattle and Cairo Radio 97.3 FM. Welcome back to Hog Talk. I'm Michael Bombas with Ray Roberts and Robert Turbin. You hear the music. You know what time it is. It's time to relive some of these highlights 
All right, to start the game, the Rams would get the football and go on a nine-play, 29-yard drive and kick a field goal. The Seahawks would get the fil- get the football back, seven plays, 23 yards, no points. The Rams get the ball again, and then Condre Diggs records his fifth interception of the year, tying his career high. First and 10 from the Seahawks, 30, the throw down. Field, it's intercepted, it's Diggs. He's out across the 10, 15, 20, turns up field, 30, gets hit, and dropped at about the 35 by Edwards, one of the offensive linemen. Stafford threw that ball toward the middle of the field, and Diggs just came into the line of sight and snatched it out of the air. Clearly one of the best free safeties, if not the best free safety in the league, man. He's leading the league. Leading all safeties with interceptions, man. He's been a captain and a leader for this defense all year long. It's great to see him get a, uh, make another play. After that, it was a punt show for a while, and then Carlos Dunlap got going. He got one of his three sacks, minus nine in the second quarter. Here comes the blitz. Stafford gets hit. Stafford's going to go down. It's Dunlap who gets to him. Carlos Dunlap, who is really coming on here toward the end of the season, now with his second sack actually two and a half sacks on the season and a loss of 10 yards on the play you know the one thing that's underestimated about uh about carlos is that he owned uh this this role that they gave him and uh, some guys can push back against that it impacts their performance but it seems to be paying off for him the guy has what four sacks in the last two games and uh and he also had a pass breakup to win the game so maybe the load management is working for carlos after that, the Seahawks would get the football right before the half and kick a field goal to tie it up 3-3. Three to three. Hawks get the football coming out of the tunnel at halftime, going 11-play, 75-yard drive, but Freddie Swain got the party going with this 25-yard game from Russell Wilson. Second and 11, <laughs> DJ Dallas in the backfield. Quick throw near side. Swain makes the catch down the sidelines, midfield 40. Knocked out of bounds by Ramsey. A great move by Freddie Swain after he catches the ball, turns outside toward the sidelines, then takes off up the left sidelines for in the neighborhood of 25 yards before he's knocked out of bounds. Big first down for the Hawks. Yeah, I, I love it when Freddie Swain can get into the mix or Penny Hart can get into the uh, into the mix. This team has a lot of weapons, and not every weapon has to be a DK Metcalf, but they have guys that can, that can catch the ball and make plays, and Freddie Swain was able to do that. Freddie Swain really opened the game up, but then to cap off that long drive coming out of halftime, DJ Dallas scores a touchdown, making the score 10-3 Seahawks. Second down and two. The Seahawks can get a first down. They get a touchdown instead. Touchdown, Seahawks. DJ Dallas from four yards out carries it in. And for Dallas, that's his second touchdown on the season. And the Hawks take the lead over the Rams, 9-3. to What an offensive comeback for the Seahawks since the two-minute warning of the first half. Yeah, DJ has owned all his roles, man. He's done everything that the Seahawks have asked him to do uh, to the best of his ability. It was great to see him get some carries. He carried the ball well, was very decisive in his runs. We talked about Rashad Penny, but DJ Dallas, decisive in his runs. He was moving the pile getting positive yards. Great to see him getting the end zone right there. The Rams would respond. Sony Michelle, man, breaks up a 39-yard run on first and 10 in the third quarter. Michelle in the backfield. He gets the handoff left side. He's got a big hole to run through, and he's still running. Breaks two tackles. Stiff arms kneel, and finally Diggs gets over there. There were about three Seahawks that had a chance within five yards of the line of scrimmage, and Sony Michelle just ran right away from him. A strong runner and not a very good show of tackling there on that particular play as Michelle now picks up 39. Two huge explosive plays against the Seahawks defense. 
Yeah, Sony Michelle was kind of like uh, this kind of quiet move that you know he got traded to the to the Rams from the from the Patriots, and no one said a whole lot about it. But the last few weeks, he's proven to be a, a good asset for them. Today, he had 92 yards rushing and averaged almost five yards a carry. So that play was one of the plays that he had in the game that uh, uh, was probably a play that people weren't expecting. Very effective run by Sony Michelle. But then who do you go to when you get down in the red zone? Your best receiver, Cooper Cup, gets a six-yard touchdown, capping off a six-play, 86-yard drive, tying the score at 10-10. Seattle rushes for the throw to the goal line touchdown. It's Cup, of course, between two linebackers. All he did was go down, turn around at the goal line, and fall backwards, and he's in from six yards out. And we're a point away from having a tie game. Yeah, man, Cooper Cup all day long. You know, doing what he does, man, setting records, uh, he's one of the best receivers in the league, if not the best, man. He's having a, a career year, a record-breaking year. Kudos to him and the Rams for what they've been able to do. After that, the Hawks will get the ball five plays punt. Rams get the ball three plays punt. Hawks get the ball three plays punt. And then Cooper Cup opens it up once again, scores a 29-yard touchdown, capping off an eight-play, 88-yard drive, making the score 17-10. Stafford takes the shotgun snap, throws inside, ball is caught by Cup, and he's going to score. On a slant route inside, Cooper Cup reaches up over the linebacker Jordan Brooks and runs right through the secondary from 29 yards and scores his second touchdown of the night. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost about to, to give him the Mr. Cooper Cup title <laughs> because all he does has the most receptions, the most yards, and the most touchdowns. And so just unfortunate that the Seahawks couldn't corral him today and he was made a big impact on the game. Yeah, what it uh, Go ahead, I was gonna Turbo. say I was I was kind of disappointed to see, you know, I, I, Jordan Burks obviously an up up and coming player, but to be matched up on, on Cooper Cup like that in that situation, not great for our defense. What extended that drive was that horrible call on Bless right. Austin too as yeah. well. Yeah. All he was doing was trying to get a jam on Cooper Cup, got underneath the Damn. armpit just like they're taught to do, <laughs> but the refs threw the flag on them, all right? Then there'll be a bunch of punts after that. Punt by the Seahawks, punt by the Rams, out on downs by the Seattle Seahawks. The L.A. Rams will kick a field, ball, field goal, making it 20-10, to 10, and then Russell trying to drive the team, trying to make some magic. Horrible P.I. call, non-P.I. call on D.J. Dallas. Disgusting. Takes the snap, a little bit low, steps back, going to lay it up over the top. Got a man and he shorts it. Again, a short... No flag on the play as Jones was running right through, never turned around. Now there's a late flag, but I got a feeling it's going to go against D.J. Dallas, who kicked the football. D.J. Dallas showing his youth right there. Yes, it was a horrible non-call, but you can't kick the football. You push your team back. Russell trying to make things happen, throws a football up. Rams intercept the ball. That is all she wrote. The Hawks lose in L.A. 20-10, to and their playoff hopes are pretty much gone for now. Okay, when we return, we will give you our game MVPs. That's next on your home for the Seahawks. 17 ESPN Seattle and Cairo Radio 97.3 FM. Seahawks fall to the Rams 20-10. to This is Hawk Talk. I'm with Ray Roberts. Robert Turbin. Yo. He's trying to figure this whole thing out. Now, you know, this. they did take an L, but it's time that we give the uh, game MVP. And I didn't realize we weren't technically eliminated from the playoffs. Technically, there's still a chance. Okay. You know what? Hey, you know, I'm right. You know, earlier I said it was over, but now that I know this fact, okay, I'm right. Hey, I want you to go home and research <laughs> what needs to happen. 
and then holler at me on Sunday <laughs> and, t- and let me know if you still feel the same way. But yes, you are right, Turbo. He did have a huge smile on his face. He's like, hold up, man. Y'all hey. say we still got a chance? Yeah, yeah. Still got a chance. You feel me? I'm right, man. Hey. Hey, he's a kid. Uh, he's, he's a kid on varsity basketball who just tosses it up from like the other court, right? And boom, makes it. So there we go. You feel me? I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, let's get back to these MVPs, though. Um, I feel like I might have to be the tiebreaker, but we'll see what you guys come up with. Uh, Old Faithful, Mr. Yeah. Still Got a Chance. Yes, sir. What you got? I'm going to ride with number, what is he now? Six. I'm going to go with Cronje Diggs, man, because. There's only two people to me that could get it. I'm not going to name the other person because that might be uh, Ray's pick. But I'm going to go with Condre, not only because he had an interception in this game, but he's been Mr. Consistent, you know, for this defense. Even when the defense wasn't performing well and they weren't getting the turnovers and they were giving up points and things like that, I mean, you could always depend on Quandre to be there. And to me... Uh, you know, he's 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 been the MVP of this defense and he was the MVP of the defense of the game today. So this is like a game MVP, but you're looking broader. Like, look, he has been the MVP for this defense and him making that pick today solidified it. Absolutely. It. Big Ray. I don't know. That sounds like you're trying to say that they may not make the playoffs, so you're just trying to call the, the defense MVP right now. I'm just saying. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the – I'm going to go with Carlos Dunlap. The dude had three mm-hmm. sacks. Mm-hmm. It's hard to get three sacks in an NFL game. It's hard to get sure. one. And he got three, and he's getting it on limited reps. And part of that is because he has just owned this thing that they're doing with him. Where you know In the NBA, they would call it the load management stuff. And so I think he has more energy and more explosion when he has less reps, and it's giving him a chance to be a better pass rusher. So over the last you know two to three weeks, you know, he's been very impactful as a pass rusher, whether it's batting down passes or actually getting sacks. And I just like the idea that he's not moping around. He's not hanging his head. He's like, you know what? This is what they asked me to do. This is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. In the last three weeks, he has really shown up. So I'm going to go with my man, uh, Carlos Dunlap. And he won the postgame uh, ugly sweater contest. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have Quandre and we have Carlos Dunlap. I'm going to go with Dunlap because Quandre has been the MVP of this defense. So when this season ends, we don't know when it ends. Uh-huh. We're going to give that yes. to Quandre. But I think i got to go with Carlos Dunlap. Three sacks. Dude's hardly been used. Maybe that has benefited him personally throughout the season. Team-wise, it might have hurt them a bit because you could have gotten more production out this guy. Who knows? But, yes, game MVP, we're going to go with Carlos Dunlap. But I ain't mad at Quandre Diggs. All right. When we return, we will look ahead and see what the Chicago Bears have to offer right here in your home for the Seahawks. 710 ESPN Seattle and Cairo Radio 97.3 FM. Welcome back to Hawk Talk. Time to put a bow on this thing, and let's just get out of here, fellas. We're done with the Rams. <laughs> All right, we're 5-9, and nine, and the Chicago Bears are coming into town. And during the postgame show when Paul Moyer was here, he pointed out, look, they don't have a really great offense. They just don't. That's the reality of it. But they do have a good defense. They got Quinn over there with 16 sacks doing his thing. Um, this defense is ranked top 10 in the league. Talks about the offense. Their offense is ranked one more notch above the Seattle Seahawks. So we expect a game, man. No matter who you play, no matter where you are, you have to lace them up and play some football. Justin Fields is the quarterback of the future over there. 
despite his struggles that he's had as a rookie, those rookie struggles are supposed to happen. You see flashes to where you're like, this young man is going to be okay in the next few years. Decent running game with David Montgomery. What do you see out of these guys, Big Ray? Yeah, you know, some of the same things you're saying. On, on defense, they have some dudes that can can make some plays. Raquan Smith, middle linebackers, you know, like a like a, a young you know Bobby Bobby Wagner. He runs sideline to sideline. He plays on third down. Good coverage. Uh, you have Robert Quinn with the sacks. Uh, they have a lot of good players that can come that can come at you on defense. And then on offense, you know, last week. Uh, that that offense wasn't doing a whole lot until at some point in the second half they started going a little bit more up-tempo, and that seemed to kind of get Justin Fields into a rhythm. So I would imagine that they may see some of that against the Seahawks because he got into a rhythm. They were able to get down the field and get some points. Last week he had 285 yards passing and one touchdown, uh, and then Montgomery rushed for 60 yards, but uh, including Fields, they had 115 yards rushing. So it's not like the defense can just kind of show up and roll their helmets out there and think they're going to shut this offense down. They're going to have to really come to play. And then, and then defensively, it's the same as, as it is every week. You know, getting everybody involved, getting the running game going, getting some rhythm going, getting, getting the, the ball to the playmakers and, and allowing them to make plays. It's uh, easier said than done, but, uh, but that has to be what they have to do next week. Yeah, I thought our offense today, you know, one of the things we didn't talk about is, uh, you know, protection, pass protection. You know, we there were some plays we were watching Russell. Like, hey, man, Russell is – he's got time, man. He's patting the ball. I thought we did an excellent job game planning as it pertained to tight ends, chipping, helping out. Same thing with the running backs. That's something that we talked about in the pregame show. It's going to have to be a similar approach against these Chicago Bears because they have a pretty dominant front four, front seven, really, that could put some pressure on the quarterback. You mentioned Robert Quinn with 16 sacks. And obviously, if Khalil Mack is playing, you know, if he if he's out there, he's always, you know, he's one of the best rushers in the league. So he's somebody you always have to pay attention to. Uh, and so, yeah, we're going to have to put our hard hats on uh, to, you know, be able to get a win against a, a tough Chicago Bears team. They're coming to our house. Lumen, I encourage you 12s to not give up on this team and show up and show support. It's been 10 years of really good football in this town. And... Um, to support you guys, man. That's all I'm asking. Okay. Today's final score, Rams 20, Seahawks 10. You've been listening to Hawk Talk on 710 ESPN Seattle and Cairo 97.3 FM. I'd like to thank the people who make our broadcast possible. Studio coordinators Matt Nelson and DJ Wilder. Executive producer of the Seahawks radio network is NASA Chobie. The Seahawks are back at Lumen Field next week to take on Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. Pre-game begins at 10 a.m. on the Seahawks radio network. For Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, Robert Turbin, I'm Michael Bumpus. Seahawks lose 20 to 10.